Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Please join me for a moment of silence in remembrance of common sense, who served us all well, so well for many generations. Today, we mourn the passing of a beloved old friend, common sense, who has been with us for many, many years. No one knows for sure how old he was since his birth records were long ago lost in bureaucratic red tape. He will be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as knowing when to come in out of the rain, why the early bird gets the worm. Life isn't always fair, and maybe it was your fault. Common sense. (laughs) Common sense lived by simple and sound financial policies. Don't spend more than you earn. And reliable parenting strategies. Adults, not children, are in charge. His health began to deteriorate rapidly when well-intentioned but overbearing regulations were set in place. Reports of a six-year-old boy was who was charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate, teens suspended from school for using mouthwash after lunch, and a teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student, only worsened his condition. Common sense lost ground when his parents attacked teachers for doing the job they themselves failed to do in disciplining their unruly children. It declined even further when schools were required to get parental consent to administer aspirin sun lotion to a student, but could not inform parents when a student became pregnant and wanted to have an abortion. Common sense lost the will to live as churches became businesses and criminals received better treatment than their victims. Common sense took a beating when you really when you couldn't legally defend yourself from a burglar in your own home and the burglar can sue you for assault. Common sense finally gave up the will to live after a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot. She spilled the coffee in her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents, truth and trust, his wife discretion, his daughter responsibility, and his son reason. He is survived by three stepbrothers. I know my rights, someone else is to blame, and I'm a victim. Y'all say amen. Amen. Were you with me last time? Not last week, but last time in 1 Samuel. You know we met a woman with a lot of common sense. Her name was Abigail. Got your pen? Got your pad? Abigail means father of joy or exhortation. Abigail was a woman of good understanding. I want you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 25. Look at about verse... uh, Y'all come on, peruse with me. Look at verse uh, 3. Abigail was a woman of good understanding and beautiful. 
She had a beautiful countenance, beauty and brains. They don't always go together. The word countenance speaks of the light of his presence. Countenance carries the idea of God's presence in your soul. So it's safe to say that Abigail was a godly woman as well. Beauty on the inside, brains, brains on the inside, beauty on the outside. They don't get more beautiful than that, do they? And then godly character doesn't get more beautiful than that. Well, opposites do attract, as this wise, beautiful, smart, godly woman married a fool. <laughs> Nabal is his name. I always want to say Nabal is his name, and foolery is his game. <laughs> Once in all time. Nabal means fool. And, uh, you know, every time I read this text, I think of Nabal, I think of Danny DeVito. I don't know why I think Nabal looks like Danny DeVito. When we get to heaven, I'll show you. I'll, I'll point him out. He looks, it reminds me of Danny DeVito. Just not nice. Nabal was the complete opposite of Abigail. Nabal was rude and inconsiderate, hard and unwise. Look at verse 14 of chapter 25. It tells us that he was a son of Belial or a scoundrel. Last time we learned that Samuel died and the whole nation mourned his death. The funeral was held in Ramah. Not sure if David went to the funeral because last time David and Saul saw each other. Saul repented and was sorry for his actions and he went home. The Bible tells us that David went into the stronghold. And because David knew that Saul was a little schizophrenic, one minute he's sorry, next minute he's repenting. Next minute he's throwing spears at David's head. David went into the stronghold. Saul went home. Nabal is a hard, cruel man, businessman. The Bible tells us, look at uh, verse, um, uh, look at verse uh, four, five, six. Just kind of peruse with me. I'll start at verse two. Look at verse two. Tells us that Nabal was from Maon. He was a businessman in Carmel. He was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and a 1,000 goats. And I told you last time, in those days, if you had 24 sheep and 12 goats, you were rich. So 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, this man was Oprah rich. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. David and his men are in the wilderness of Paran. And while David and his men are hanging out in the Sinai Peninsula, Nabal had some shepherds and flocks in the field. And David and his men help watch over that sh- over the sheep and to keep the thieves and the wolves and the marauders away and to protect the sheep. So David hears that Nabal is shearing his sheep and shearing in those days was like reaping a harvest. Now in those days, hospitality was still a sacred and expected thing. In that culture, when somebody helped you care for your flock, it was traditional and respectful to reap some of the benefits from that flock. And so David sent some of his men to ask Nabal to give them some benefit. Look at verse 5 and 6. Verse 5 and 6, David told his men to go and, and, and greet Nabal and let him know that we had your back and we were out there. Nothing was missing. Tell Nabal we helped protect the sheep. We didn't hurt them or steal anything. Keep in mind, David had 600 guys with him in the wilderness. He needs food, he needs supplies. They could have stolen whatever they wanted. But he asked Nabal to do the right thing culturally and hook them up. Look at verse 8. 
David said, Nabal, just give us whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Verse 9, the young men did exactly what David told them to do. Notice Nabal's response in verse 10. Y'all looking at verse 10. Who is David? He knew who he was. He answered his own question. Who is the son of Jesse? Now, listen, doesn't that sound just like the devil? I want you to notice, he says, who is Nabal? Oh, who is, who, is, who is David? And then in verse 11, he says, Shall I then take my bread and water and my meat that I killed for my shearers and give it to men when I do not know where they're from? That sounds just like the enemy. You know, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend. This is God talking to the devil. Satan said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high God. Nabal said, I, my, my, I. Nabal had I, my, my problem. Too many eyes, eye disease. Well, he says, who is David? And then he answers his own question, verse 10. Look at verse 10. He, say, he goes on to say, there are many servants that break away from their masters. Now understand, that was a jab at David. That was a jab at David, implying that David betrayed Saul, and now he's on the run. The men go back and tell David what Nabal said in verse 12. Look at verse 13. David received Nabal's response exactly the way Nabal intended it to be received, as an insult. David said, suit up, fellas. We're going to battle. David is ready to fight. I told you that David is a redhead and a hothead. I get the feeling that David can't take it anymore. Remember since chapter 18. You've been with me in Samuel? And since chapter 18, David has just been taking it and taking it and dealing with it and dealing with it from Saul. He had a javelin thrown at him. He's been run out of his country by Saul. He lost everything. He's public enemy number one, persecuted without a reason, ground to powder by Saul. He's turned the other cheek. David is thinking, I can't catch a break. This is the straw that breaks the camel's back. This is the breaking point of David. David in verse 13 says, suit up, fellas. 400 guys, look at verse 13. 400 guys are strapping on their swords, belts. 200, watch the stuff. David is thinking, I'll be persecuted by a king, but I won't be persecuted by a fool. So he's mad. And when you're mad, you're not thinking clearly. David's not thinking clear. He's forgetting. Forgetting what? David's forgetting that the battle is the Lord's. Well, look at verse 14. One of Nabal's servants heard Nabal's response to David, and he knew it was insulting. So he goes to the woman with common sense, Abigail. He said, Ab, those guys were nice to us out there. Verse 15, we weren't hurt. Nobody stole anything. Verse 16, they were a wall for us day and night keeping the sheep. Abigail, knowing the custom, knew something had to be done. Verse 18. Y'all keeping up with me. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five already dressed watch saints. Sheep, right? A hundred clusters of what? Raisins. Come on, y'all keep up with me. A hundred clusters of what? 200 what? Uh-huh. She put them on the donkey, told her servants to go ahead of her. She follows. Abigail wants to get to David before David gets to Nabal. Look at verse 20. She hid under a hill until she could see David. She sees David coming down. Y'all get this picture in your mind. 
She sees David coming down at just the right moment. She's face to face with him. David is hot. He is ready to kill somebody. David has sworn to kill every male who works for Nabal before morning comes. Now, listen, if you're reading the King James Version, that says something completely different. New King James says, I'm going to kill every male who um, before morning. Yes, New King James. The, the King James says, anybody reading King James? Just King James. Raise your hand if you're reading King, King James. Okay, this says something different, doesn't it? It says, every man that pisseth against the wall. Now, I only say that, that's the only time you can say that in church because it's in the Bible. Amen. I'm just saying what the Bible says, that's all. Don't, don't look at me like I'm crazy. The Bible says that. Every man, he, David said, <laughs> David said, I'm going to kill every man that, that pisses, pisseth <laughs> against the wall before morning, before morning. So David, so she sees David, get the scene. She sees David. She jumps up from behind the hill. She falls down. She bows before David. Look at verse 23 and 24 and notice the wisdom of her words. Remember, common sense, the wisdom of words. She said, David, please let this sin fall on me. Forgive me. She didn't go in on David. We talked about this last time, didn't we? She didn't go in on David. She didn't say, David, what's up with you? You're the next king. You're acting like a raving maniac. She fell at his feet and gently spoke to him. The Bible says, Proverbs, if you don't have it written down, write it down. Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away what, saints? Wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. F.B. Myers said that she was a cool hand on a hot head. I like that. She was a cool hand on a hot head. Look at verse 25. Abigail said, please don't pay attention to my husband. He's a fool, just like his name says. Abigail said, David, I didn't realize. Look at verse 26. I didn't realize this happened. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, David, remember it was God who kept you from shedding blood. In other words, don't let this fool of a husband of mine ruin your reputation. Abigail said, David, you're more than this. Well, that's where we left off the last time. Let's pick up. And actually, I'm going to back up a little bit just for context. I want to pick up in verse 23, and then we're going to move ahead. Look at verse uh, 1 Samuel chapter 25. That's probably one of the longest introductions I've ever done. 1 Samuel chapter 25, look at verse 23. If you're looking at verse 23, say amen. Now, when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before God, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and she said, on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel or some of your Bible say son of Belial, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is his game. I mean, folly is with him. I told you I can't help it. But I, your maidservant, in verse 25, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and, and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present with which your maidservant has bought 
to my Lord all the stuff, the raisins, the cakes. Let it be given to your young men who follow my Lord. And please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Underline that. Because my Lord fights the battles of who saints? The Lord. And evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of living with the Lord your God and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel that this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Abigail is smart. And she is a beautiful, smart woman with common sense. Now, in my sanctified imagination, I believe she used her brains and her beauty. Because listen, And fellas, you know this is true. Women are smart. If you sit next to your wife, you better say amen. (laughs) Women are smart. Women are crafty. Ladies know how to set stuff up. Two two men said amen. (laughs) Two. Two. And those two, their wife is home. Amen. (laughs) Women ought to set stuff up. Women are smart. Abigail calls David, note this, and if you don't have it written down, write this down. She calls David, my Lord, 14 times in this chapter. She calls herself the Lord's maidservant at least 12 times. Look at verse 24. She said, please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. Interesting. Abigail is taking responsibility on herself. Abigail realized her husband has done something very stupid. But what I like about Abigail, listen, look at me. What I like about Abigail is that knowing her husband has done something very stupid, she covers him. Ladies, listen. Knowing her husband has done something very stupid, she covers him. I didn't say that she agreed with him. I didn't say that that she thought he was right. As a matter of fact, she knew he was wrong. That's why we have all this interaction. She knew he was wrong, but she still covers him. She didn't throw her husband under the bus. Ladies, therein lies a sermon for you. Don't throw your husband under the bus. Amen. Fellas, write that in your wife's Bible. Don't throw that. Don't throw me under the bus. Exclamation point. Don't do that. Cover him. Remember you're one. Remember you're one. Yes, he's done something stupid. It probably wasn't the first time he's done something stupid. Remember his name means fool. So his mom and dad, when they, she, they had him, y'all pray for me, when, when, when they had him, they laid in the hospital. I don't know what the circumstances was. I wasn't there. 
But they're holding him. Honey, what do you think we ought to name him? How about fool? Oh, yeah, great name. Great name. Yes, fool. Nabal means fool. So I don't get the impression that uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I've actually it plagued my mind. And why did they name him fool? Like what, 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 what happened? What were they going through? What, the, because the mom and dad, generally, you know this in Jewish culture, they would name a child based on a certain circumstance or situation that was happening in their lives. So what was mom and dad going through that she or in his birth or him coming into the world that they would name him fool? We don't know. But we do know that he's lived a life as a fool, and you'll see even more of that as we move on tonight. But wives, even still, cover your husband. I could honestly keep you here. All Listen, Ms. Umbar and I have been married 32 years and I have been an awesome husband. <laughs> yes, I have. I will tell you this. I know I have not done everything right. I know I've made some crazy mistakes. Even coming here, she, she'd be the first to tell you. She had to ask the Lord, was it God really speaking to me to come to here? Because she knows if I get something up in here, I'm going to do it. That's just the way I be. So she t- she'll tell you, she had to ask God, Lord, are you really speaking to him about moving to North Carolina, to moving to a place where we have never, ever been? I didn't know anything about North Carolina. I did, well, I did know Andy Griffith. <laughs> I didn't know that. I knew, no, I knew Raleigh was the big city for Andy Griffith. I didn't know that. But I didn't, I've never been here. So, yeah, I've never done some foolish things. Yeah. Rarely, but yeah. (laughs) But I can honestly tell you, never once has she ever left me uncovered. Ever. Ever. And that's your role as a wife. That is your role as a wife. It's not to, yes, when you get home, then you can say, honey, I'm going to start calling you Nabal. I don't know what that was back there. I'm going to cover you. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Whatever we go through, we go through it together. Don't get me wrong. Now, when we get home, we'll straighten this out. Now, if y'all not married, write this down. Okay? When you get home, we're going to straighten it out. You don't leave each other uncovered. You don't do that. She covers him. This is a very godly, wise woman. If she hadn't covered him, that could have been perhaps the death of all of them, her included. So ladies, listen, you have the ability to strengthen your husband or you have the ability to tear him down and destroy everything that God is trying to even do in him. And that you don't want to be responsible for. You don't want to answer to God I'm talking ladies because that's context, okay? Fellas, I'll pick on y'all another Sunday or another Wednesday. Right now, ladies, you're getting it. All right. (laughs) It could have been the death of everyone. Servants, David was upset 
He wanted to kill everybody. So wives, you can tear down your husband or you can build him up. That's your choice. You really have that power. You have the power to release him and tell him, look, go do what God has called you to do. Or, well, I need you home with the kids. I mean, I can't do all this by myself. So, you know, you need to be home with the kids. Yeah, well, I'm trying to serve the Lord. Yeah, but, you know, we got a family first. Can I tell you something? That's not biblical. Family first is not biblical. It's good. Don't get me wrong. God first is biblical. God first is biblical. Then your family. But you got to get that priority in order. This woman had a lot of power and she used it wisely. This is what I'm trying to help you understand. She was a godly woman. She understood her role as a wife. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.